0: today is um march 27th 2022 oh my goodness what a day god is good to us this day you all and i do want to welcome and thank each and every one of you for joining us and i pray that sometime you're able to go on the podcast on the google podcast or if you have spotify and uh subscribe and go ahead and listen to the studies and uh, i'm trying to make it more professional uh, so that you can go back. But anyway, the, the story and our teaching is there regardless because this is a real Bible study. And in the real Bible study, some people always talk up and there's some different little things that happen, but we still, this is a fellowship, a true fellowship, what we're doing now, studying the word of God. We can't be with each other in a rather church bound. But you know what you all, in the days after Jesus, he say, they, they said, the Word of God tells us tell us they met daily in the home, in small groups. And a lot of the major churches now do have small groups where you go into one particular home and study. Uh, then they have, when well, you come out to the church and you go into small groups. And so what we're doing is we're doing this over the phone so we can get the same fellowship and we can still talk with each other and we can feel that warmness and love that God has provided for us, okay? Uh, before I get started, we were talking about, let let's, let me just open up in prayer, and then we could do some little uh, connecting there. So, Father God, we just come together, touching and agreeing. Thank you for all that you have done, all your goodness and your mercy and your peace and your love. Father God, we just thank you for everything you're doing in our lives. Father God, thank you for each and every person that's on the line with the capability to learn more about you, Father. How Father God, and how we take your word and we apply it, Father, to our daily walk, recognizing that your spirit does live in us, Father God, to help us, rule us, guide us, and direct us in all things. Father, this day, we thank you for what we're going to learn today. We thank you for all the healings that you're going to do, Father. We just love you and appreciate you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. All right, you all. It's been a good week. Everybody's above ground and able to think today. May I have the name of who just checked in? Well, thank you for joining us. Okay. Uh, uh, Today we're going to start, but we're going to finish up the book of Nehemiah. And as I was saying, I'm praying that each and every one is going back, listening to the Bible study, writing down, asking some questions, like channel checking your own life. The book of Nehemiah is a very awesome book when you take time and know what it's all about the book of nehemiah is really representing our life today we've been we're all in bondage and we know what happens when what causes us to get in bondage and how to get out of the bondage some of us have come out of I, I love the fact that god has provided us a way out a way of escape and even with the book that i just gave you all uh that i published uh in january the book uh what is it? Uh, crabs in the basket mentality. This is a form of it. When we get into that mentality, we're all grouped in, we're all living a broken down life, but God wants us to have a free life. We shouldn't be attached to anyone, attached to any bondages. And we saw this in Nehemiah, day by day, by day, by day, but not all the way through the book of Nehemiah. That is one thing, I don't know if you all had caught on to it yet. One thing uh, Nehemiah had communication with God, and communication with God is is prayer. That's what prayer is, communication with God. It's a two-way come. If I talk to you if on the telephone, I say something, you say something. That's the communication. In God, when we have the Spirit of God living in us, we talk to God. He talks back to us. But a lot of times where our error is, we do not stay still long enough for him to talk back to us. We, we hear a voice that may not be God, so we assume it's what God is saying to us because it's our own voice because we didn't take time to hear what he's saying. Uh, we, uh, we're not living a focused life so we can understand uh, what's happening. So with Nehemiah, we know where we're at now. We're almost ending the book. Nehemiah was a cupbearer. Uh, God called the cupbearer an ordinary person. He placed it on his heart after some friends came by and, and told about what was happening in, the, in his hometown. And he, he, he just did, he could have not even thought about it. But God placed it in his heart a passion and hunger to do something about it. That's a born leader. If you're a person that you hear about negative stuff going on in your immediate family all around you and you care to ignore it, you know that's where you're at. You're a person that can't hear from God. God has a focus for all of us. He has a purpose and plan for everyone. If you see somebody laying in the street and homeless, and you got to step over them every day to go to work, something is wrong with you. When you have no compassion to try to help that person and say, well, what is it? I, and I repeat that again. I, I know in big cities, I know even in uh the city uh, in Arizona cities, you do see in some areas, you see a lot of homeless people. If you have no passion, you see, even if you have a neighbor, you can see the neighbor that's down and out. You know, the neighbor is down and out, need food, need and sit constantly, have no lights or anything. And you're for a person that can live by somebody like that and totally ignore them. You're not in this, you're not in the, living in the kingdom of God. Bottom line, that's the way I see it. You might see it different. You, you're not a part of the kingdom of God when you can see somebody in need and you have no passion to help them because Jesus was a was loving God. Jesus always extended his hand. He told us that the poor are going to be with us always and we need to do something about it. We just don't ignore it. You, you, you can't have a happy spirit knowing, uh, I'll say how I want to say, I want to say you really cannot show the love of God when you would refuse to help someone of less that has less because the love of God is not that the love of God is caring and compassionate and we're strong we're bold we speak what it is we speak what it is and uh we don't have to do confrontation with anybody we speak the word of God and you don't have to read the scripture to him you speak the word of God as you know as a and when you apply the word of God to your life you are able to speak it and help somebody encourage somebody that that's who we are okay so we know nehemiah heard the word from his friends that the town was all broken down and and nehemiah knew knew, you know the people had started coming out of bondages over 60 years ago and they're still sitting in rubbish they weren't doing anything they weren't trying to accomplish anything so they did not, most of them that had come back, didn't know what God's word said or anything. And we, we read about that last week. When they heard the word of God, they cried. They wept, They wept with it. They were so, so, so upset that they uh, they were hurting because they didn't know all that was available for them. So they wept, And then the encouragers, the prayer team, uh, what we say, the praise team got up and encouraged everybody said, you know not So it's gone now. It's all gone. That's a form of prayer, how Jesus taught to men, you know, give forgive us for our debts and, and you know, we're supposed to ask, repent, bottom line. When we repent, we get into right standings with God again. That's how we do. And that was that part of all the way from one down to ten, what we talked about all of the last few weeks that we've talked about. We saw how Nehemiah was rebuilding the wall and he had to, uh, when he started different people was over different gates, rebuilding different access doors to the city of Judah to the area, Judah and Jerusalem. It was different different uh people. And then when it got down to the individual's homes that was all broken down, uh Nehemiah encouraged the people, the head of the household, to gather your households and start building, rebuilding. And if your friends didn't have something to rebuild, didn't have anybody, help your friends and the friends help you that has some standing guard and some some building. Remember that you all? And during and that process of trying to do the rebuilding, here, go, here comes who, uh, wh- what they say, Sam Ballard and Tobias and Goshen. Those people that were still already there and they would be a uh, plant there was laughing at them saying, oh you can't do this that wall if if even if a fox run across that wall is gonna fall down. they got that kind of stuff and we can relate that in our in our lives daily we're trying to do something and first thing we do we run out and ask ask somebody else that already got it how to do it most people that already got it how to do it uh don't really don't really want to tell you you ought to have common sense to do it yourself which is so but some of us are so bound up, we don't have focus as to know how to move forward, how to do anything. And that, that is why we're studying about how we live in the kingdom of God. We're not supposed to live out like the world does, but we are in the world. But the kingdom of God, if we're living in the kingdom of God, we don't have to go do what worldly things, what worldly people do. We focus on what God is saying to us. We're praying. We're keeping our life clean, our hands clean. We get better directions. But if you're always out uh, creating, uh, what, what I say, creating mess in your family. I say bottom line, mess in your family. Create always busybody in other people's business. That's not how the keep, that's not the flavor that's in the kingdom of God. And if you're struggling, I I said it so many times, you need to go back, repent, and ask God what you need to do. it. And by reading these words, we'll tell you. So I'm going to skip on down. When we left uh, last week, they had finished building the wall. Uh, A few little things, a few little things that had to be done, and they... uh, sign an agreement even down to the people the workers and all the levites and everybody the priests and all the professionals they signed an agreement that they what they promised god they were going to start to be doing his word they that's what they said in the intent and that last week and i i think i left you all with the question who's your master who who's running your life are you doing this yourself or there's other folks telling you what to do whose bondage are you under are you under the bondage of your family are you under the bondage of your children are you under the bondage of your job i you know i, I anyway I, i'll go ahead on i i've said this so many times i've worked a long time i'm 74 years old and i think i started in corporate back in 1969 i've really i've never worked domestic jobs i've always had a professional corporate job and when i went into the corporate job uh always you know first when i went in it it was during the times when black folks were not in it they had to have have the affirmative action programs all these different programs uh, that they had (coughs) excuse me this was right starting 68 after the civil rights agreement 69 is when they actually started allowing us into into different businesses. Before, the best thing that we probably could do was go clean some white folks' house or 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 sweep the floors and do street stuff, but they did not let us go into any of these corporate places. And it was a whole long time before they let us go into department stores. But even down to the telephone company, I know when I started that job, I was running the very set, first set of black women in arizona that could get a job there and the only reason i got the job there because i started a little small company first and they're telling montgomery wars i started i had gotten a job at montgomery wars and i was in customer service in montgomery Wars. this was back in 1968 part and in 1969 after we got free we got out of under the bondage of the slavery or the uh segregation we were able to start integrating. So I was—I know I was in the one of the few people that integrated into the corporate world. And so when I was working at Montgomery Wars, um, this lady that was my supervisor, she had gotten an invitation to start uh, bringing, start working at Mountain Bell back then. And she was over trying to integrate some of the black women or black men or whomever into jobs at Mountain Bell, and then I was working for her at Montgomery wars, And when I got to Mountain Bell as an operator, uh I was what what you call those keyboard off op- the switchboard operators, you know, you know, you plug you plug here, then all of that. So with sorting with that, I moved from that position to a business rep doing business is only not residential, but anyway, but so uh just this is just to say that we have to move forward. When we started this month, we we started with the fact that it's time to move forward. Don't get left behind. Wherever we are now, doing the same old, same old, the things we were doing the last two years, 2021, and back during the COVID, that's when we were shut down in the houses. If in your mind, if you still shut down, you're going to be left behind. Technologies is moving on. The old church is not going to be like it is and it was anymore. Cause COVID's never gonna go away, and and a lot of people are not gonna go back into church. So now the new thing is you got to do a tech, you got to do a virtual. Everything is moving virtual. Even doctors' appointments are moving virtual. Every, and we have to keep up with what's going on. And so going on to Nehemiah, and I'm just gonna drop on down to Nehemiah, and I just want us to be able to apply this to your life, you all. It would be very very helpful. Apply it to your life. If you don't want to say, take your piece of paper and jot a note down as to if we give a nugget, not drop that note down. Um, there is a form of of uh, taking notes that I I learned way back in the seventies eighties in taking notes. The best that's called mind mapping. And if it's a keyword you want to say instead of you sitting there trying to write word for word, write that keyword and circle it real big. And down from that secret, so you know how you do what is it in, in language when you when you do, oh my goodness, I can't remember what the when you do you got you take a verb and then you you draw a line down and say a word, I forgot what to call it. will come to me after a while. Somebody know speak what said. But anyway, with the mind mapping, that was actually teaching you how to take better notes. You, you circle the, you write the big word, circle it, and then in the little keywords, you draw a line, write the little keyword. Next line, drop a little keyword. And when it's something mainly that you want to talk about, write that word out and circle it big. Okay, and then put your points around it. That's like a little star. like a They call it like a spaceship and all the little arrows that shoot from the spaceship. Okay. So getting down to chapter 11, that's where we're going to be now, Nehemiah chapter 11. You all can get that, please. And we're going to go through this uh, kind of, not fast, but kind of smoothly. We can do this in 40 minutes. Really smooth. And if you have a question, jump in, just ask it. I can hear you. Ask, ask the question. I'll be happy to answer it for you. And everyone else can hear you also. It said, chapter 11 says, now the leaders of the people settled in Jerusalem. The rest of the people cast lots to bring one out of every 10 of them to live in Jerusalem, the holy city, while the remaining nine were to stay in their own town. The people commanded all who volunteered to live in Jerusalem. If you want to go back to the Bible, go back and study about Jerusalem and all that happened in Jerusalem. Remember, David was a the king there at one time. Just think of, think about all that. I think enough. So, so this is, this is going down the line. Uh, all right, then. Now, verse three it said these are the. Pro- I I don't want to read all of this stuff because it, it's when you look in the Bible you can see it. But it, it talks about the uh the provincial leaders who settled in Jerusalem. Now, some Israelites, the priests, the Levites, the temple servants, and descendants of Solomon's servants. Solomon was David's son. Remember. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. For, okay, thank you. He was, a Solomon's servants lived in the towns of Judah and people from both Judah and Benjamin lived in Jerusalem. Who was Benjamin? I refuse to go back and teach you all that today. I refuse. Whose son was Benjamin? Pardon me? Benjamin was, uh, Benjamin's mother, let's see, Benjamin's mother, when, uh, his father wanted to marry his mother, first of all, he got his, got her sister because she was the oldest, and it said the sister had cock eyes. Y'all are not reading enough. If you can't catch hints from that, you're not reading your word. You can't read your word and make it through this world without knowing what God's word is talking about. Who that, that had two, wanted well, two wives, he worked seven years for one and then the father, his uncle gave him the, uh, the oldest girl. Jacob. Okay, y'all. Come on, come on, come on. Jacob, Jacob right and Jacob got Leah and and who? Benjamin's mother. Rebecca. That's who he got. Then Benjamin Benjamin's mother name was Rebecca. And we know about all the stuff that happened but Benjamin this is said uh Judah and ben, it became uh it said that while other people from Judah and Benjamin lived in Jerusalem. So think about this the, the legacy of Benjamin and all the people that came back that tribe came back and some of his people end up living in Jerusalem again. When we know the word of God, you all, we can better understand what is happening today. And we can know how to apply it to our lives. That's what's going on. So we have to know all that stuff. Sometimes we say, oh, don't make no deal. But when you allow people to just pour out what their version, and that's where our culture has really lost it. Because the word of God tells us uh, we, that we perish for lack of vision. We have no vision that we will perish. But when you you what we do a lot of the time as our culture, we listen to what preachers are teaching us or what or somebody else's version of it instead of taking time to read the word of God ourselves and get it in our child so we could understand it ourselves. Uh let, let me tell somebody I have to call them back. She don't know I'm on Bible study. Okay. Uh let's see now from this, let's let's go ahead on. Uh, I don't want to know, it talks about all the different descendants. If you go down there, all the different descendants of of, of people that came back, like I said, from the descendants of Benjamin, the sons of Masuda, all the different names. It was told it was 928 people that came back. Uh, Let's see, what was the other one? Uh, uh, Yeah, it just said Benjamin had nine, his tribe had 928 people that came back. Uh, Then from the priest, All the priests, it was 128 different priests, said one of them had 242 men in their tribe. Think about it. Most likely they had men that had some women with them too. Okay? And this is what this book is mainly about. Uh, Let's see. There's another tribe in here. Just go through it, y'all, as I'm doing it too. Uh, The gatekeepers, look at that. Down to verse 19, the gatekeepers, and they kept watch at the gates, and they had 172 men. Okay, this this is what this whole book is about. Just letting us know uh who was there, who was there with them. And that's where my motto falls in. If you don't know where you came from, how you gonna know where you are going? There is no way. You pick it up junk on the line, you pick it up junk from somebody else. You got to know your family history to know where you're going, know where they came from. And and well, anyway, the brats don't have to worry about it, but then there's some that's married into other people uh communities uh like married other whoever you married to a female if you you're a Brian, and you married to someone else you need to know something about that family where did that family come from how did they get there and that'll help you know what curses are hanging around you so you can go further Go further in it. So this is just really proof that we shall know about ourselves. Now we're down to chapter twelve. Chapter twelve is all about the priests and the Levites. And again, and all to do is name all the priests and all the different Levites that came. It came back that was alive in 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 the walls, within the walls. This, I'll say it that way. So when go all the way to it, uh, down to verse twenty seven. It talks about the uh, dedication of the wall of Jerusalem at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites sought out from they, from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication, the song, and thanksgiving, and the music, and all of that. That's what the uh, Levites did. They came into a celebration, to a great celebration. That's all this volume, line 12 is all about also. See who was appointed to do whatever. The first fruit that they appointed people to do the distribution of the uh the contributions. The first fruits, you remember the first fruits were maybe uh some some of your things that you had actually back then it really wasn't they said the first fruit was things that you grew. Or uh, or even uh you had animals, you gave some first fruits from that. Or you, you had a wheat field, you gave fruits, first fruits from that. That's what the first fruits and the tithes, read the word, know the word of God, what they were saying, what the tithes was at that time. Okay, and going on down, we're down to 13 already. This is the part that, that I wanted to get to. And it's talked about Nehemiah's final reform. Now, during 11 and 12, Nehemiah had gone back home. It starts out, on the day that the book of Moses was read, Allowed in the hearing of the people, and there was found it written that no Ammonite or Moabite should ever be admitted into the assembly of God. They wouldn't know that if they didn't know where they came from. We're gonna okay going on. It said because they had not met the Israelites with food and water, but had hired Balaam to curse and to call a curse down on them. This is Nehemiah talking. All God, however, turned the curse into a blessing. When the people heard this law, they excluded all the Israel, all from Israel, all who were of uh, foreign descendants. That is the area where God tells us that really, in the marriage part, we should be unequally yoked, and that unequally yoked ain't talking about uh man or woman, they're talking about, actually, you need to know where this person is from. You know, why, why would you go, um, you're a Christian, you call yourself a Christian, you go marry somebody that's a Buddhist, Buddha. Uh, uh, another one is, uh, let's see, even bottom, bottom line is all simple of always, if you're a Christian and you you marry somebody that's not a Christian, all you're doing is opening the door for hell to happen in your life. And this is what the word of God is saying right here. That What they decided, they put them all out. They put them all. Now, Balaam was a soothsayer who was called by Balak, the king of the Moabites, to travel to Moab and curse the Israelites who had invaded Moab. Know your history, you all. Balaam's uh, it says, ask him, Balaam's donkey speaks to him as he makes the journey. This is so cute when you read this in the world. I love it when you read This is a donkey speaking to a person. Had y'all ever read that story? Has anyone ever read that story? Jot it down. You can find it. It's in, it's in Numbers 24 and 25. God made the donkey to talk to him. Yes. This this is when the word of God says, you know, what God blesses, no man can curse. But what we do, people speak a curse on them and we walk under that curse. But if you are blessed, nobody can curse you. Bottom line, they can't curse you. I don't care how how much they say to you negatively. But as long as you have the Spirit of God living in you, they can't do it. But we walk blindly because we don't know his word. So Balaam on his way to Israel to to uh to curse these people, and look at this that the donkey he was riding, the donkey that he was riding. I figure he had, must have had a wagon or something. He was riding this donkey, and the donkey stopped, and Balaam got his whip and started beating the donkey. Listen, trying to beat him, and as he was trying, he couldn't go. The donkey wouldn't go any further because he saw the angel standing in front of him. Big angels with sword. So the man is beating him. And so the donkey, now, animal turn around and said, why are you beating me? Why are you beating him? And so it surprised try it's, 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 It totally uh, surprised him, Balaam. A pure animal talking to him. And so uh, Balaam asks, speaks to him and he makes the journey. After the animal refuses to move, when the angel of the Lord stands in, in his way, However, only the ass can initially see the angel. Uh, I'm not going to stay on that long, but at your time, go in and read it. It's some good reading, and it's interesting. Sometimes, you know, in our life, we go through trauma. We all got people throwing rocks at us, but you have favor with God. No matter what they do to you, it won't hurt you. But if you don't know, and you don't know you have no favor with God, every negative word, it, it, it penetrates your body and you you run with it. And that's what you become, dumb and stupid. Y'all excuse me how I say the words, but I have to say it just as, as it is. i, I I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. We stop a lot of times when we say, yeah, I know God. Yeah, I know God. I know God. And I got the spirit living. If you got the spirit of God living in you, you don't have, you know, what people say to you don't bother you. I'll give you that tip. And then you can channel check yourself because every time I ask somebody to say something to you, it bothers you, it means you don't have the spirit of God living in your bottom line. i won't lie to you. Oh my goodness. Hold hold on a minute, y'all. If I might cut no, I'm not gonna. I'm I'll just have to call her back. I was having some issues with my phone. I just call her back because it's not five o'clock yet. Uh it, anyway. Uh let's see. On it said only the will see it. So going on. Now what had happened this priest down to verse four this priest Elisha, was put in charge of the storerooms and of the house of God. He was closely associate he was so Tobias was his friend bottom line verse five said he had provided him with a large room and formerly used to store the grain offering and incense this this priest, what he did took stuff out of one of the rooms. All the grain offerings and incense and temple articles and also the tithes of the grain, the new wine and the olive oil prescribed for the Levites, the musicians and the gatekeepers and uh, and all the other contributions for the sprint and took it out, put it outside and put that old hater, Tobias, in charge and gave him a room in the temple of God. You got what I'm going on? You got what I'm saying? So you got your house and you've been sick. You go off in the hospital or rehab someplace and stay, stay about uh, four or five month, months and you got one of your children there taking care of your house and all of a sudden, they let a bunch of drug addicts come in the house and just took over. I put it into reality. This is what was happening. Nehemiah was gone, put somebody in charge, a priest in charge, and he was friend with a hater, Tobias, and he took out the stuff Out of the temple and cleared out the room, and so uh, let Tobias have the room. So when Nehemiah came back, he said, "But while this was going on, while Nehemiah was not in Jerusalem, and this was for the thirty-second year of Xerxes, he had gone back home and had not and had he had went back to the king in Babylon. So time later, I asked his permission." to come back to Jerusalem. He said he asked the permission to go back to Jerusalem again. Now, he he said, I was greatly displeased. This is uh, verse eight. I was greatly displeased and threw all Tobiah's household goods out of the room. That's how you do it. Take all his S H I T and put it outside. But we don't have boldness. We let the enemy knock on our door, come in and take over our household, bind us up, our spiritual household, our body. Sickness is nothing but from the devil. We take authority, do what the doctors say and and get it out of it. We just don't live in, wobble in and don't do nothing. That's a choice. This is how we apply this word, this word here to our, even our earthly bodies, you all. And so down to verse nine, he said, I gave orders to purify the room and then I put back into the equipment of the house of God. He put all the stuff back into the house of God with the grain offerings and the incense. He put it all back there. Then down to verse ten, he said, "I also learned that portions assigned to the Levites had not been given to them." This this old uh, priest that he put in part in charge, he won't do nothing. But sucking up to Tobias, the hater. He didn't, get, didn't even give the Levites what they were supposed to get down in Levin. So I rebuked the officials and asked them, why is the house of God neglected? Then I called them all together and stationed them at their post. They said he had to start all over again. Asked as the priest, and I, why, why are you neglecting the house of God? Why are you neglecting your body? Why are you not taking care of yourself, doing what the doctor said do? Why are you not getting up trying to walk? Why are you not cleaning your house every day? Why are you just sitting there watching TV all day long doing nothing? Why are you not educating yourself? Find out what's going on all around you. There's a new thing, new technology. I I I, I tell you, I am so, uh, i say it again, I'm so very proud of listening just to the uh, young lady that is trying to be uh, a judge. What, what really impressed me when I was listening to her, she said, this is the remnants of what happened before 1970. When we were all in segregated issues, she said, I am one of the remnants. And I don't know if you can understand what I'm saying there. She said, this is the new thing. After the 70s, after after, after the 60s, 60. 68 is when the civil rights thing was assigned. So 1970." That's when everything changed. When uh, Black people had new new, new, uh, new intentions, new new ways to do things, that we were accepted. She was raised in a family, an educated family, raised in a family that they encouraged her to do things. And she stood up and did them. She didn't bow down and just forget things. round 70 is about the time that the Vietnam War was over also. It was still at the last ending of the Vietnam War. And I did notice that during the Vietnam War, the women that were left in the state, there was a lot of men that were gone. There was no household. A lot of women were by herself and they struggled very hard to maintain and raise children. They could only do it as to what they had learned. But a lot of them didn't have the gunction to push forward and do anything. And so I noticed with this woman, her family pushed her. And I do know families that have, I know this, I'll say it this way. My mama and daddy pushed us my mama and dad was raised in the residue of the slavery their parents were were uh ex ex slaves parents i'll say it this way my my grandmother's father was a slave my grandmother was born after slavery was over but there still was segregation and every jim crow and everything else all the way down to about 1969. so that means I was raised under the Jim Crow, and a lot of you all on the line was raised under the Jim Crow uh, situation. That's why we have to be knowledgeable, know what's going on, be able to speak it to our children, teach our children and our children's children. I taught my girls about all of that. They know. That's why they're stirring a lot of them, really stirring. They're educated. They know what they have to do to be focused and how, how much it takes to get through. You just can't skin and grin and think somebody's going to put you there. You got to have the knowledge, the boldness, the spirit of God, boldness, the spirit, and then the will. He'll give you the will to be able to stand up for what's right and wrong, you all. Okay, now going on down to 12, it said, although Judah bought the tithes and grains, new wine and olive oil into the uh, storage room, he said, uh, Jeremiah said, he put uh, Shalimiah, the priest of Zadok, the scribe, and a Levite named Padiah in charge of the storerooms. Even though somebody else was in charge, they didn't do it uh, and I, they didn't they weren't doing their job, so he took them out and put somebody else in charge. Uh, down what I love that going on said, they were made responsible for distributing, uh, for distributing the supplies to their fellow Levites. He just got got them out of the way and put somebody else in charge. And then he prayed in verse 14 this is his prayer he said to god remember me for this my god he said remember me for this god and do not blot out what i have faithfully done for the house of my god and his services and we we talked about this last last week you all god has given me the, the okay it's okay sometime to toot your horn Remember I talked about that? You can toot your horn when you're talking to God because you're in communication. You're having a regular communication with him. This is communication with God. He didn't say, well, oh, mighty God, how are you doing all this and doing all this by This is how simple it is to talk to God. When you have that relationship, you communicate with him. When you know who he is, you just talk, you know, he's all magnificent and mighty and anything you want, he's, he'll give it to you. He's your daddy. He'll give it to you. He'll give you direction. he just say, remember me. Remember me for this, my God, I straighten out some mess. He said, remember me for straightening out the mess, straighten out your house, straighten out your temple. That's what he asked God in 15. All right, going to 14, going on to 15, it says, In those days I saw people in Judah trading rhine presses on the Sabbath. Do, do we know about the Sabbath? I know you all do because you read enough about it. He saw people don't see on the Sabbath. They were supposed to work six days and then one day don't do anything. But he said he saw some people uh, trading the wine press on the Sabbath and bringing grain and loading it on the donkey and in back when he first started cleaning out the temple that was the first thing he did remember when jesus got upset he walked into the temple and it said said he sat down first he didn't just go in like a wild man he sat down and wrote watched him he was they said i read somewhere where he was uh twisting a rope he made a rope and after he got fed up he got up and cleared it out cleared out his house He said, you know, they're not supposed to be selling and doing all that stuff in God's temple. He cleared it out. Read that part of the New Testament where he did that. Okay, it said down to 17. and said, I rebuked the nobles of Judah. Again, he's got to get on the nobles. I rebuked the nobles of Judah and said to them, what is the wicked thing you're doing? Desecrating the Sabbath day. Didn't your ancestors do the same thing so that God, our God, brought all of this calamity on us? And on this city, now you are stirring up more wrath against Israel by desecrating the Sabbath. They said, you're disobedient again. Again, you're doing the same old crap. Going to bring back the same old mess. Now, 19 said, when evening shadows fell on the gates of Jerusalem before the Sabbath, I ordered the doors to be shut and not open until the Sabbath was over. over. I stationed the men uh, at the gates so they were, load could not be brought in on the Sabbath. He stopped it. Remember, it earlier in the books, he had to stop it also when they started the rebuilding. He had to stop all of them uh people that was coming in, and selling, and doing whatever in the temple, even if it was broken down. You Remember that he stopped all of that stuff. Y'all respond. Are, are your phones on mute? I just I want to make sure I'm not talking to myself, y'all. Just say something. I want to know if you hear if yeah. you're getting it. Now he said that yeah. verse 20. Once or twice, the merchants and sellers of all kinds of goods spent the night outside of Jerusalem. They closed the gate, so they go sit outside. Now, verse 21, it said, But I warned them and said, Why do you spend the night by the wall? If you do not, if you do this again, I will arrest you. Remember, uh, Nehemiah was the governor. He told the bottom line, Sit out here and get outside of my house. I'm going to arrest you. Do you think you let somebody sit outside your night? I I tell y'all, I guess I'm crazy. Bottom line is, I'm in this house a lot of times by myself and people come in and park. I have a neighbor that decides that he was going last year until I stopped it. Last year, he was going to decide to park his big old white truck with gas tanks on it in front of my house. And it won't nothing in front of his. So I let it sit out there one day. I turn around and call the police, the non the non uh, emergency number yes. called him and said, I got this big old tank that's been sitting there for this big old truck. It's sitting in my house, it's not mine, and I don't know who it is, and I don't want to sit in here anymore. So they said, uh, a, a, a lady policeman out here, she put a ticket on it. She said, If it's not moved, I said, I'll check back tomorrow. If it's not moved, uh, uh, I'm gonna have it towed away. He, he she put this ticket on him, and the next thing I know, before morning he had moved the truck. So she called me and asked, and she said, well, I've been by there and it's gone. I said, yeah, it was gone because you put the sticker on I Thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. because I was very uncomfortable with that truck sitting in my house. And it's 120 degrees outside of Phoenix, Arizona. I don't want nothing like that sitting in front of my house. I have that right. I have that authority. And this is what, what Nehemiah was saying to them. You don't have the right to sit here. You're not going to come in here and try to sell anything anymore. Get away. If you don't get away, I'm going to have you arrested. Applying the word of God to our lives, you all. Down to, uh. let's see, where are we? 21, then I commanded the Liv- Levites to uh, purify themselves and go and guard the gates in order to keep the Sabbath holy. Bottom line. And again, he said, remember me for this also, my God. See this? He said, also. He's talking to God. Remember me for this also, my God. Show mercy to me according to your great love. Tooting his own horn. Hallelujah. I don't know, Pauline. I get kind of crazy. But tooting his own horn again to God. If you don't toot your own horn, who else going toot it for you? The, the communication with God is an individual thing. Yes, it can be grouped, but when you personally know and respect yourself and love, I talk to God for myself. I love prep pastors and preachers, but I can talk to God myself. I love what they teach, and I respect their teach, because I'm a teacher myself. I respect it. But when it comes down to something personal, they can't feel what I'm feeling, so I have to talk to God for myself. I'm going to toot my own horn and get my own answer. Uh, let's see. We're about done here. I'm going to be crazy enough. I want to get down to the bottom line. Each thing. Uh, let's let's go on here to what what else was happening. One of the sons of Judah of uh, that that original priest, that Elisha, the high priestess, son-in-law, Sam Ballard, and Hornite. I drove them away also. And you have to go back up to. Oh, uh, uh, let's let's go back up to I think twenty-five. Uh, so let's see. What they were doing, when you go back up to, I think, about twenty twenty three. said, moreover, in those days I saw men of Judah who had married women from Eshad. And if you look in the Bible, you can find out what Eshad, there's a god of Eshad. Read some of that also. Amnon and Moab, those were the places. They were marrying women that they, they were outside of the Israelites. These women were not Israelites, but they were... He saw some of the Israelite men marrying these women. Half of the children spoke the language of Asshon or the language of uh, one of the other peoples and did not know how to speak the language of Judah. I'm not going to hit that too hard. I just want you all to understand that. We go out of our out of our culture and read and marry somebody else and you don't even know what they're speaking and they teach your children a different language i've experienced that very in so in my own family i've experienced that oh, going down to yeah, se- really? go ahead <laughs> yes yeah, rage that's what it is yeah that's what it is but the word of god is so awesome it tells us what what will happen you 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 got married to somebody you don't know what this is don't know what they're saying about you or to you and you marry it but marrying them because of lust but back in the old testament this is the law you weren't supposed to do that so it went on down Nehemiah um, said i made them take an oath in god name and said you are not to give your daughters in marriage to their sons nor are you to take their daughters in marriage for your sons for yourselves was it not because of marriages that like these that solomon the king of israel sinned. remember solomon had all the wives from everywhere and that was the sin solomon served read the word of god this is this is so interesting um it said among the many nations there was no king like him like there was no king like solomon solomon had a lot of god's wisdom he asked God for wisdom, and God gave it to him. But his downfall was just this here, marrying all them different women from all those different cultures. That was his downfall. When you read, read the latter part, you can see exactly what Solomon's downfall was. Must we hear now, verse 27, must we hear now that you two are doing all this uh, terrible wickedness and being uh, unfaithful to our God by marrying foreign women? I don't want to go too deep in it. I want you all to take some time and read it. Uh, he said his mouth was open in, in in the beginning of chapter 13 when he came back to town and found everything that was back the way it was again. Uh, it's It's almost really, really sad, you all, that we come and go, we we so much listen to what the world is saying and we're not listening to what God is saying and knowing his word and allow ourselves to come out of bondage. God does not want us to be broken down, discouraged. He wants us to be wealthy, wise, and prosperous. That's what I've learned. That's the word I've, I've heard. And when we're wealthy, we're able to help others Wise, we able to get, discern, get have a discernment as to what's right and wrong, to be able to uh, speak a word, encourage some people, and we get to a point that we know when we people say, uh, I, "I'm in God, and I'm listening to what God has said," but you watch the fruit, and you see no fruit on the tree, or you see rotten apples on the tree. We have to be be wise, accept the word, you know, know for true, you know, just don't go with it because they say it. If you see it ain't right, if it, if it looks like a cow and they say they're a duck, Judge Judy, Judy says if it walk like a duck and quack like a duck, it's a duck. But if it's walking like a duck and, and running like a dog, you, that's a confused animal. You all got it. A, a duck waddles. It came wrong. Ducks don't have four feet, four legs. But we look at some of this stuff and we just, if the person said it, we believe it, we bypass or we don't have the discernment of God to understand what's going on, we just bypass it and go with the flow. We keep going with the flow, you're gonna get left behind. God is not winking at sin. He has never winked at sin, and he's not winking at sins anymore. All this stuff they did back in the old testament is 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 just a storybook, so we can know what happened. We're living in the New Testament. And in the New Testament, Jesus came and became the ultimate sacrifice. We don't have to do any of that stuff that we did back in the Old Testament, but there are some that still do it. But that's not what the Word of God tells us. We're now in the dispensation of Jesus. Jesus died on the cross, which that celebration is coming up next month. He died on the cross. He became the ultimate sacrifice so that we don't have to live and do those kind of things. Those people there couldn't stay saved for nowhere in the world. But we have that opportunity today. We have that wisdom. God gives us the wisdom. All he do is ask us if you believe that Jesus is his son. That's all you got to do, believe in Jesus. That ain't hard, but it's hard if you've got a hard hearted. If you have a hard heart and you want uh, it written, analytical, so you can see it. But the analytical written is right there in the Bible. But a lot of us are so hard hearted because we don't know where we came from. in the knowledge, we have never heard what the true God is. We have some people sitting in churches all their life and never have accepted Jesus Christ in their heart. And I hear that all the time on some of these uh, sermons, these churches. People have said some of the te- Bible teachers. People, I, I, people, because the, the preachers, most of them now don't lead them to Jesus. Don't tell them that Jesus is living in them. Don't, don't tell people that the Spirit of God is living in them. And so they're living on the stuff that they could do. I can do nothing without the spirit of God living in me. I was taught that as a child, and that's how I live. Yeah, I straight did some crazy stuff, but most of mine was was uh, I, I could say I was wise. I know how to do numbers even when I was in high school. I know numbers. I one time my mama showed me how to do some stuff. I know how to do numbers. I do finances. I can do all of this stuff. I can do all, and I'm not never scared of it. God so so greatly set me up that I worked at Chase Banks in the fraud department. They taught me how to how to see fraud, what people were doing, how to see all of that. So that's that's the wisdom of God. I thank Him for teaching me that. I thank Him for teaching me all the stuff I learned at the telephone company. That's why I sit back. I don't have no problem. I'll tell you like it is. If you don't want to hear me, oh well. But. Each and every person has that ability in this dispensation. As long as you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and you received it in your heart, you believe it in your heart, then his spirit, God said, his spirit, Jesus said, I asked my father to send you another Comforter." That confidence lives in you. That Comforter can give you wisdom, discernment, ideas, talents, all of that. But it's up to you whether or not you believe it. And once you have all of that, it's up to whether or not you want to work it. Work it, work it, work it. The new thing right now, and what I'm, I'm seeing, is a lot of this new generation is teaching us how to go back and and get some of this old property because the big manufacturers are coming in, tearing down, and making the big cities like it, all 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 up in, in uh, uh what Chicago and all those big cities up there where all the black folks are living in the high tower rat holes. It's a new thing now where they're trying to go in and like Detroit. Detroit is everything was destroyed back in the time, you know, when when the uh, big car manufacturers was there and everything left Detroit and went overseas. But now they're trying to come back and get the communities and rebuild the communities and teach the people, teach the young people how to live from the earth, how to start your own businesses, how to do something with your life, how to make your life prosperous. That's what it is called when we live in the kingdom of God. I do not want to live in a rat hole. I am not going to live somewhere when somebody got to come spoon feed me. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to teach my young people that's under me, the next generation, next generation. I'm not going to teach them how to just wait for somebody to come break a spoon and stick it in your mouth or or give you an idea. God has all that available for us. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't want to go keep going on. And we're about to end it, but I just want to open up to the floor and see if you all had any comments. The the bottom line through this book of Nehemiah, he, it was a prayer. Nehemiah prayed constantly. I am I'm in the process of putting together a pamphlet showing all the prayers of Nehemiah, so that'll be available probably, oh, probably sometime next month. I started on it a couple of days ago. I just gotta take time to uh to refinish it and then i'll make make it available to you all but in, in our normal life what we have to do we have to lean not to our own understanding in all that ways acknowledge god's everything we do acknowledge him ask him he'll tell you and he'll, he'll direct your path he'll tell you everything to do it's not that when you're walking around and you're out in the street and you're talking to the self, that is not a guy. When you have, everybody needs some quiet time every day. Some, some getaway time. I, I love my great-grands, so each of them now got a quiet spot. They need a quiet, they say, I need some quiet time. And that's what they do, they separate themselves and go sit down and, and quiet themselves. I don't know where they got it from, but it might've been from the grandma. But anyhow, the great-grandma said, but that's what we need you all to be able to hear from God. He's a very quiet the spirit of God that lives us is very quiet. Sometimes we hear something an unction, we got to double take and it's gone. That's because our spirit was too loud. We got too many things. We multitasking. Yes, we have that's one thing women do have a gift of multitasking. We can do three, four different things at one time. I know I can. All of us has that gift. But at some part you need to rest. When you don't rest your body, it said God worked six days and on the seventh day he rested. Most ministers are learning now when they run their church and do whatever, they take one day off to do nothing but what they want to do. Have nothing, Don't do nothing with the job. Oh, that's why when I worked my 30-something, 40-something years on jobs, I ain't bring none of their work home. I ain't did nothing because I won't get paid for doing their work at home. I ain't doing nothing. But now, this time when you all have to log in from your, to your job from at home, yeah, I like. That. At one time, let uh, see, back in 2014, I did a uh, U Haul from the house. That was a job I had, a uh, U Haul online from home. I got so bored. I got, so, it was an inner stress sitting there tight in that room for eight hours, in my room for eight hours. Then I switched it down to four hours, and then I got sick. God cut it all out. That's when I got this thing on my leg and cut all that mess out. I ain't supposed to be doing that. I'm retired now. I don't do none of that. I was retired then too, but I still like money. But now my my job is to teach. And I welcome each of you all to just, let, let's go on this journey together. We're all getting older every day. We don't know what's promised tomorrow. We don't know if tomorrow is promised. Uh, we pray that it is, that we do wake up in the morning. And when we do wake up, I just, ask me, i thank god before i put my feet on the floor i'm laying there stretching and trying to move get this old body to move this this left side i told my grandson that it's getting so much better i'm able to move the left arm to reach and do all of that now now i want the strength to be able to get up out of this chair and just walk but i want to walk but walk with the walker don't just walk a few steps and have to sit back down but i'm gonna open it up let's open up the floor you all need some testimony or something It may not be recorded. Matter of fact, I'm going to stop the recording right there. All right.